Welcome to the Breaking the Startups podcast, where we feature stories of people from non-traditional backgrounds that broke into tech. Today, we're going to talk about growth marketing with Ina Herlihy, who is on the growth team at a real estate startup called Zumper. This episode is really cool because Ina talks about how she used social engineering to get press passes as a teenager in order to hang out with celebrities and politicians, and then how she applied that hustle to get her dream job in tech. You may have heard about her from the Medium article that blew up called How I Hustled to Get the Perfect Job, where she breaks down the tactics she used to get noticed by startups. Some of them are really creative, like setting up referral marketing campaigns that generated over 125 new customers for various startups. This episode is filled with hands-on tactics and advice that you could start applying today. If growth is something you want to learn more about, then check out our previous episode number seven with Max Renkeret, who shares how he went from growing his startup to 80,000 daily users to becoming a growth marketing manager at Samsara. Hope you enjoy. Growing up, we're told that in order to be successful, you need to be a banker, a doctor, or a lawyer. That's what the gatekeepers want you to think. But we're part of something bigger. We're part of a technological revolution. Either you're at the table or on the table. Get in the end. 10x. Yo, 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 this is Ruben Harris. I'm here with the homies Arch and Timor Meister, and this is the Breaking the Stars podcast. Timor, can you please tell the people what we're doing today? Yeah, so we're sitting today at Telegraph Academy. It's 4 p.m. on a Sunday, and we have a very special guest who's a true hustler that we met recently and we became very close friends. Arthur, can you please tell us a little bit about our guest? Yeah, thanks, Timor. So we have very special guest, Ina Herlehi, who does growth at Zumper. She's very passionate about journalism and was an editor-in-chief of her high school newspaper. You may actually know her from her prolific writing on Medium, her blog post, How I Hustle to Get the Perfect Job from Tradecraft to Zumper, got a lot of attention. It was one of the most popular blog posts on Medium in 2015. Ina, before we begin, uh, can you tell us a little bit about where you're from and where you grew up? Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm from San Francisco, so I'm one of those mythical locals. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and I grew up with my sister and my dad, who's a single dad, and he immigrated from Ireland and came here. He worked as a furniture mover during the day and a painter at night. Yeah. That's awesome. And so tell us a little bit about kind of, I know that you were very active in high school with the newspapers and journalism. Tell us a little bit kind of your early beginnings and what got you interested in uh, journalism. Yeah. In elementary school, in seventh grade, I won an essay contest. Mm -hmm. And then freshman year of high school, when I wanted to get involved in different organizations, I just thought like, hey, when I just join the newspaper staff, like hopefully, knock on wood, I'd be good. (laughs) And then I got into photography. I started going to a lot of events with my journalism advisor. And then freshman year of high school, a group of us went to Nancy Pelosi's inauguration. And when we were there... Uh, We were putting out a special issue of the newspaper on the inauguration and a few of us got press passes. And then when I came home spring of 2007, Mm -hmm. that's when the presidential candidate started campaigning. So I just thought it'd be really exciting if I could photograph and interview the candidates and track the whole political campaign. So that's exactly what I did. And everyone kept telling me, no, that it was impossible. I was 14 years old. Like, who was I kidding? And um, I would never get in. But that just made me more excited. And just it's all about showing up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, no, that, that's awesome. Um, and we, we talked a little bit about how you got into this Nancy Pelosi situation. Can you like break that process down for us? Because it's not easy. Yeah, um, it's all about 
making lots of like sending lots of emails. I uh, wrote letters that I actually sent to people for yeah the presidential campaigns for going to all those stump speeches and yeah lots of people uh, would say no. Um, I when I'd get a no from someone, I just ask someone else, and then just a lot of the time it was all about just showing up. Okay, so you just walked to you just found the contacts and just you know, sent them a bunch of emails and then walked up to the campaign and they let you in. Or the email, like getting the right emails and getting the lock, the right contact, like that took a lot of time. And then calling a bunch of people. So like, yeah, just, yeah, all took a lot of time. Nice. So you were a natural hustler. It was like in your DNA. You've been doing it in high school. So tell us a bit more about kind of what you did after high school like in college, where your passions were and kind of where do you see yourself going when you were in college? Yeah. In uh, college, I... Um, majored in economics and mm-hmm. I was really interested in economics in high school but that just wasn't a class available mm-hmm. to us so then when I shifted to college that was just made that my focus mm-hmm. being involved in nice. yeah every economics related thing that I could from the economic society the student investment funds the board of trustees finance committee so yeah I just try to learn as much as I could yeah so were you planning on going to investment banking or Wall Street when you were in college or yeah a lot of people from the Claremont colleges go the investment banking route so mm-hmm. I thought that's definitely what I was going to be doing so my freshman year I was yeah trying to get a summer internship at investment bank and that's too early for a lot of the, the big banks in terms mm-hmm. of recruiting so then I sent out dozens and dozens of emails to small boutique banks. And then when that wasn't working, then I thought maybe about doing finance for a high-end designer in New York or LA. So then there's so many designers, I probably sent a few hundred of those emails. (laughs) It wasn't quite working out. But eventually on like a third-party site, I found an internship opportunity through Merrill Lynch. So yeah, just you never know like where you'll find opportunity. Yeah, you just kept knocking on doors and then one door opened, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so... This is amazing just to hear you describe like how you hustled. Maybe you can just tell us a little bit about like what lessons did you learn while growing up that kind of gave you this belief that if you do send out these emails, you could potentially achieve results that a lot of people just don't get. Like what impacts did you have growing up that uh, allowed you to even think that this could be possible? Yeah, um, well, I guess yeah, beginning like with my dad, he was an immigrant and he didn't have the network in America, but mm-hmm. he was able to make it. So, yeah, I just always had the belief that just I always have to try my hardest with whatever I do. And I didn't have a network of like someone in Mm -hmm. investment banking that could just give me that job offer, that internship. So if I like really want something, I just do everything in my power in order to try and get it like as close as I can. And since I didn't have any friends doing investment banking that I could just call up, sending Mm -hmm. emails was the only thing that I could really do. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, related to using those skills, from what I understand, you also were able to leverage those, that press passing idea to do, get into even more opportunities. Can you talk about that? Like how you got into music and things like that? Yeah. So yeah, with the the press passes, it all culminated to my junior year. I just thought that, hey, like I've gone to see pretty much every Democratic and Republican candidate, some speeches uh, around the Bay Area. So wouldn't it be great if I could just top it off by going to Obama's inauguration? (laughs) Like, why not? Everyone just flat out told me I was crazy. That not even the international press that wanted credentials would get passes. But I just didn't take no for an answer. I uh, emailed and called and show up, reached out to senators, congresspeople, people like that were fundraised for those candidates. And yeah, eventually I 
got a path that went through and I was able to get a press pass. And I was the only high school student in the country to get a press pass for the inauguration. And then after the inauguration, so this was my junior year of high school, I was 16, when I came home. So I couldn't do politics anymore. That was done. And then so I just thought about like just choosing other verticals. So then I just chose concerts. And I love at the big concert venues, the lights. And it's just really exciting being part of all that, being in front of the gate. So if I just put my hand out, like in theory, I would touch the artist. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, just exciting being part of the action. But then in, in terms of the concerts, it was harder in the sense that you couldn't just show up because you needed the pass in terms of like security and getting those credentials. So it was all about getting the right person and emailing the right person and calling the right person. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of like sales. Like you you knew where you wanted to go. You had to identify the key contacts. You had to email them. You had to follow up. You had to show up. Were there any specific times where, you know, security did show up and you had to figure out another another route to go around the situation? Well, in terms of for the concerts, I was always on the press list. So I was able to to get in. Uh, so I was never kicked out for that because, yeah, I would have just been too yeah afraid on that regard or just in the sense that, yeah, I wouldn't want to go against any like official rules. She went the legal way, right? <laughs> but the one or just, yes, yeah, I note, I think it was freshman year of high school. I was in New York looking at colleges and Obama had a stump speech that I, yeah, I didn't know about in advance. I just saw, I knew Obama was in New York. And I saw a bunch of police cars around this one building. So I thought like, oh, like maybe Obama's there. <laughs> and I just walked up without emailing anyone and talked my way into the event. And because I I was 14, I was like really short. I obviously released it out. <laughs> and then after the event, a photographer from the New York Times and a photographer from the Associated Press were going on stage to photograph Obama from behind. So I, when they were went up right there and passed security, I just went right behind them, followed them. <laughs> so why not? Then uh, security just stopped me and was like, hey, like, where's your special pass? And I didn't have like the additional pass that they did. But then the press, they weren't allowed to go into the crowd to go up to Obama. But because like I'm so short and blend in, I just, yeah, went to the crowd and then I got to talk to him. Yeah. Nice. Sometimes when you when you walk with confidence, you can yeah, get into places. So, yeah, so you so you built this huge network in music and in politics and your interest in finance. What led you to want to not go in the finance direction and go to the direction that you're in now? Yeah, I just realized that the investment banking life, that wasn't something that I wanted. And I've always wanted to start my own company. And I've always been really excited about startups and about the tech space. So I just thought, why wait? Like, let me just do it now. Nice. So can you tell us um, a little bit about how you came up with a plan to get into a startup? And then what steps do you actually take to um, find a job at a startup? Yeah. So I, this, at the summer going to my senior of college, I had a finance internship with Nestle and fall of that year, they gave me an offer for their three and a half year finance rotational program. And I felt like I had to commit to it because all my friends were getting offers and signing things. So yeah, I just thought I needed that security and startups. They don't recruit like a year in advance. Mm -hmm. They recruit on the spot. So then it was right around graduation when Nestle told me that for my first rotation, I'd be based in a factory in Bloomington, Midwest. And just processing that and that the average age of the factory worker is in their late 40s. I just realized that wasn't exactly what I wanted. And I would just be missing out on so much in San Francisco, the innovation and just being part of everything. 
So then I told Nestle that I it wasn't going to be working out <laughs> in flight terms. And then I went to visit family in Ireland. And while I was there, I was browsing Twitter one day and I followed Goggin from the CEO of Sprig. Mm-hmm. And I tried Sprig and I loved it. So I started following him on Twitter. And he tweeted about a scholarship for women at Tradecraft, which is a tech boot camp. And I looked into Tradecraft and they have three different tracks, sales and business development, UX and growth. And I was interested in the, the growth track. And I, was, I interviewed with them via Skype from Ireland. I came home from Ireland on a Friday, started mm-hmm. Tradecraft on a Monday. I just thought that yeah, it'd be a perfect opportunity to get into tech to yeah. learn more about it and build the network because before sending out random job applications online, that just really wasn't working out. <laughs> yeah. So when you were interviewing with the Tradecraft, can you just tell a little bit about the interview process? What type of things were they looking for? Uh, also, what did you want to know about Tradecraft while you were um, applying to get in? Yeah. So I spoke with the people that started Tradecraft and spoke with a growth instructor and really kind of learned about what their goals of the program were, what I'd be getting out of it, what the different paths mm-hmm. were, and about job placement. And I also researched about what my other options were. Too. Mm-hmm. And uh, just for the listeners who might not be familiar with growth, how would you describe that role? Um, I know it's probably very broad, but to the best of your ability, I guess. Yeah, just succinctly, I'd say it's the analytical side of marketing. Mm-hmm. So can you give us an example of kind of what kind of what type of growth things do you do day to day? Yeah. So starting out at Zumper, I was just focused on SEO. So mm-hmm. everything from... Uh, what is SEO for the people that don't know? Search engine optimization. So looking at backlinks, getting more links of Zumper on other sites, mm-hmm. looking at H1's titles and yeah, the technical... Keyword analysis, all that stuff. Yeah, keyword search volumes and then mm-hmm. getting those keywords on the pages and looking at nice. positions for keywords. So is that something you learn at Tradecraft? Or what type of curriculum does Tradecraft provide for that particular track? Yeah, for since there's so many aspects of growth, pretty much every day I learn something different. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's very overwhelming because you're just trying to learn so much, yeah. which, yeah, three months is a short amount of time to mm-hmm. try and become an expert in something. Yeah. So I got a good overview on it. And then at Zumper, I've really been able to go heads down and head deep in it. And at Tradecraft, what's, this, what's the day-to-day look like? Is it, you know, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. like a hack reactor? Or what does that look like? Six days a week, three days a week? Yeah, well, for me, I was really focused on yeah, getting to tech and doing really well. So I just, yeah, really dedicated myself all my time to it. And yeah, just try to learn as much as I could. So the Tradecraft curriculum, like how does their program look like? Yeah. So that there's three different components. There's a curriculum component with an instructor and like homework assignments. And there's different people come and give talks, founders, CEOs, heads of different areas. And there's a project component, which is like a mini internship. Mm -hmm. Nice. And um, I guess once you started going to Tradecraft, what was your first impression of the people that were going there, of the things that you that you were learning, uh, also things that you might have learned at Tradecraft that you didn't learn in college. Like, how would you compare those two experiences? Yeah. Well, I went to Scripps College, which is part of the Claremont Colleges. And then since I majored in economics, took a lot of classes at CMC, Claremont McKenna. And then I also took Chinese at Pomona. But being a liberal arts college, we didn't have marketing courses. So learning 
more yeah about marketing and all the different aspects that was all new to me. I'd only kind of knew what I read in magazines and newspapers and online. Uh, so just getting more of the practical side that was new to me. Nice. So you kind of, you're finishing up Tradecraft. And then how did you approach the job search? Because I know you're, you're very strategic and you wrote your article, How You Hustle to Get the Perfect Job. So can you share some tips that you kind of took away from that experience? Yeah. So in essence, I was really strategic in how I approached the, the job search because I knew from high school and college that it really wasn't about quantity, it was about quality. So sending out as many applications as you could, saying like you sent, you submitted 50 applications today, like that's not really productive. Mm -hmm. Like you might like probably won't get any if you just submit it cold like that, um, if you're lucky, but just don't know. So then I was focused on a few companies and I made some projects to just to prove my value and that I can make an impact. Can you talk about one one or two of the projects that you've done for those companies? Yeah. So one of, I wrote a blog post about referral programs and about having your name in your referral code makes it more memorable. And that got some traction. Some companies saw about it organically and yeah, reached out to me to chat. That was one. And then another one was yeah, trying to recruit people for some companies based on my referral code. Yeah. Nice. So how would it work? So you got a referral code from the company, right? And that's anyone you shared with, if they sign up, they get a discount, right? Or like an initial offer. Mm -hmm. So you were able to share that code and get people to sign up through your referral code. And then on their end, they could tell, oh, Ina is uh, referring like 50 people to us or 100 people. Is that kind of what the essence of that experience was? Yeah. And then in addition, besides that, there's another startup that they have a leaderboard for mm -hmm. by neighborhood of how many people you sign up. And to this day, I'm still number one for nice. my neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. So what were the companies or what were the products that you were uh, promoting? I'm just curious. Oh, yeah. So I was kind of picking what I was working on based on yeah my experience. So I had a lot of economics experience. Mm -hmm. So I was looking at a company in that space. And then, yeah, that was yeah one example. Okay, cool. So what, what advice would you have for someone who is planning to break into a marketing role or growth specifically? What type of resources should they pay attention to? And kind of what are the actionable steps they could take to break in? Yeah, learning as much as you can, like read like the key books that there's so many listicles of mm -hmm. top books in tech and biographies and different, yeah, applicable tech books. And I can share some for the, the show notes. Oh, yeah. So can you give us an example of some of those books? Yeah, um, I like Peter Thiel's book, Zero to One. I like Ben Horowitz, The Hard Things About Hard Things. Yeah, more on those. Yeah, this I think it's interesting and it's just helpful to learn about the whole story instead of just hearing like the cliff notes about someone's life Yeah, and, and about and their ideas. Are there any books or online resources or blog posts that are specific to growth that stood out to you the most that you think would be helpful for the listeners? Yeah, uh, Brian Balfour has a blog post that I think is super beneficial talking about growth and all the, the verticals of growth. So I find myself sending that to people all the time, pretty practically every week that are talking about different aspects of growth. Yeah. And what I guess what appeals to you the most about your role at Zumper and doing growth? I guess what opportunities do you see continuing down this path? And if for someone who is considering potentially various roles at a startup, what would be your pitch for why they should be doing growth? Yeah. Well, at Zumper, I'm working with a great team and just culture makes such a difference mm -hmm. for loving to go to work every day. 
And then the team is so great. Like if I have an idea and I'm able to present it well and have yeah the support of why I want to do something that I can just have an experiment and run with it. Mm-hmm. Like I had an idea of like, why don't we do Pinterest ads? And then I, I made them myself and then had the strategy and I tested a bunch of different things. So then we started doing Pinterest ads. And then when Snapchat started doing geo filters, I mm-hmm. just said like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we do geo filters? And I had a strategy of how we should approach it and who to target. And yeah, I was very thorough on that side. And then, yeah, I was given a budget and I just went with it. So it's great having the support that if I have an idea with something that having people to back me and just wanting to try it out too. Yeah. So, so it sounds like you do a lot of A-B testing, right? Do you work with any engineers or is there any any software that you use to be able to execute on some of the growth-related strategies that you think up? Yeah, well, for Snapchat and Pinterest, it's my own testing and like using Excel Doc, so old school because, um, yeah, it's smaller scale. But as a company, we use Optimizely and, yeah, internally we have our own A-B t- testing too. Got it, got it. Nice. Was there anything frustrating through this whole process that led up to this point or was it all pretty much a breeze to get here? I guess trying to get a job that it's long, it can be a long process. And that since I'm a perfectionist and just can be super focused, that it can take a long time. So just the length of time that it takes, it can be frustrating that I just wanted to end it just to, to get an answer soon. But if you wait and you try really hard, then good things can happen. So I think when I was reading your blog post, and I might get this wrong, but I think you you were looking for jobs, you got an offer, and then you decided not to go with it and keep applying to more startups before you ended up at Zumper. I guess, what advice would you give someone who is potentially facing this decision they have to make, whether to accept an offer maybe at a company they don't like, or keep looking for other opportunities? Yeah, I think it's great to talk to a lot of companies and a lot of people and put your name out there and applying to startups through people all at the same time. Mm -hmm. So then hopefully you are in the interview process at several companies at the same time and hopefully have a few offers at the same time just so you can have things to compare. Culture plays a huge role in loving your the startup that you're working at, the company that you're working at. And you can't really tell that from looking at the website or meeting one person. So going through the interview process, you just learn so much about that. Yeah. The, in the pre-interview, we also talked a lot about how you formed the list of companies that you wanted to go to. And so in addition to what Timur just said about like knowing when to deny an offer that's given to you and going to where you actually want, how did you create that list? I know you said you mentioned Mattermark. What else did you use to kind of create that universe of companies where you wanted to go before you made that move? Yeah. So I was using Mattermark, Crunchbase, AngelList, and looking at the CEO and looking at their backgrounds and looking at the company profile, how much money they've raised, who are their investors, how many employees they have, where they're based. So yeah, just trying to learn as much as I could. Yeah. And, and then at night, you you were also like doing similar things that you're doing while you were going impressed. You were going to a lot of these networking events. Can you talk a little bit more about some of the events that you attended that allowed you to get closer to where you were trying to go? Yeah. So pretty much I went to, to meetup.com, Eventbrite, and just looked for all the tech-related events in the San Francisco Bay Area. And... Yeah, some nights I might go to like two or three in the early days, uh, right when I graduated college, just to try and learn as much as I could to meet a lot of people. And now I'm just more strategic on what events that I go to because I really want to focus on Zumper and growth at Zumper and 
yeah, now I'm just much more strategic. Nice. So I guess to our listeners who may have may have not used meetup.com before, what is the value proposition of putting yourself out there, going out to events, meeting new people, like kind of what value did that add to you and your search? And then what advice would you have about kind of how to approach networking in that kind of environment? Yeah, about meeting more people in different companies and learning about, you know, different companies from someone in the inside, learning about different options available and different like titles or different roles that you might not know of. Like I didn't know about the idea of growth, the vertical of growth before Tradecraft. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just being exposed to more things. Did you have any ways to filter these meetups? Because something that we talk about a lot is that there's just like there's thousands of startups and only a few of them create the value for the entire technology industry. There's thousands of happy hours and networking events and only few of them that like help you get closer to where you're trying to go. Did you have any type of strategy to filter through what would be the highest return on the time that you're investing in these types of events? Yeah, a lot of them were ones that had a speaker of someone established in their career or something that I could learn from a lot. So I knew that if anything, if I didn't click with any of the attendees, hopefully like I'd learn something from the speaker. So then I, the kind of end game goal was that a good speaker would attract like a good audience. Would you ever go up to the speaker afterwards and try to get their information or build a connection? Yeah, I'd almost always go up and try and ask a question or make a comment, something about what they mentioned. Yeah, and I, I guess I want to also point out that it's not, I think to you, it sounds like, oh, like that's just something normal that most people <laughs> will do. And uh, I know for a lot of my friends, even when I first started going to meetups, sometimes you're like almost intimidated to go up to a person like a speaker and afterwards ask them about a, a job at their company or, do some research ahead of time and show them that you actually know something about them or their company or their industry. And that goes a long way to build the connections and uh, kind of get your foot through the door. So to our listeners, I think that's definitely one of the things that you can literally start doing like tomorrow night if you wanted to break in in that respective industry. Yeah. So what are you up to now? What do you want to do in the future? Yeah, we'd love to, to hear your thoughts in that regard. Yeah. So very focused on Zumper and just trying to help us grow as much as we can. And then in the future, yeah, I'd love to start my own company, but I just really don't have a timeline. I'm focused on Zumper now. Nice. So we're about to do lighting around. Timor, do you want to introduce Yeah. So this part of our podcast is when Arthur, uh, Ruben, and I will ask you several questions. We're looking for like hands-on strategies, tactics, resources that you've used to get to this point where you are today. So with that said, Arthur, take it away. Sure. So imagine if you were dropped in a new city, you only had $100, and you had to start all over again. What type of things would you do to kind of, where would you spend that $100 on? Yeah, I'd spend it on just trying to meet as many people as you could. So in theory, that that might not cost any money, or it could just cost paying for someone's coffee or paying for a sandwich or something. Because the, building the network, you can build, make new friendships, building professional relationships and like an intro for a job. And then totally. when you get that job, then just someone to reach out to, to ask for advice or to compare notes. Totally. So build out your network. That's awesome. And throughout the process, was there any piece of music or a movie that you watched or any quotes that you read that kind of, or something that your dad told you that kept you going uh, whenever you hit any roadblocks? Well, I guess I am a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. So I've been told no so many times. So uh, I'm uh, just move on to the next thing. Yeah. And for our listeners, 
a lot of them are probably either in college or after college and they're considering making the transition into startups. So what is the one piece of advice that you would want them to know having been on this journey? Yeah, a lot of life is just about showing up. That's if you're not there, then like you can't get what you want. So let's say they're interested in a startup in SF and they live in Atlanta. Would you tell them, hey, like buy a one-way ticket here and move out here? Like what advice would you have for them? If there's a specific startup that they're yeah. interested in, I would say like reach out to people at the company, like on LinkedIn, find the person, mm-hmm. email them, and maybe see if they're open to chatting on the phone so you can build a relationship mm-hmm. first. Reaching, learning more about what that company's doing, what you, how you could provide value, you could write medium posts. <laughs> Or just do your own projects and just send it to them directly. So trying to build that first before. I mean, related going. related to that medium post, how did that, can you share any analytics of that medium post? Like how did that help you get to where you are now and branding yourself and being the thought leader on how to hustle a perfect job? <laughs> well, it's funny about that medium post that lots of people before when I was, bought my job just kind of asked me more about what my strategy was. So putting my thoughts together and my projects together, it was just to share for those just some people that had asked me, and but I'd never, I had no idea of how big it would get. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I know you talk a lot about Andrew Chen and things like that um, when we talked about the pre-interview, but are there any other online resources that you think are are helpful for people that want to get into growth? Yeah. I think that there's so much on there online. But doing things yourself is so valuable too. So let's say if you want to learn more about growth marketing, make a website for yourself and try and optimize that and boost that in SEO. So making a project for yourself, you can learn just as much, like you can learn more, way more than everything that's online. So just re- really being able to apply something. Got it. Got it. Okay. And so how, how can people get in touch with you? Yeah, you can reach out to me on Twitter, I'm at Ina Herlihy, I-N-A-H-E-R-L-I-H-Y, <laughs> and then uh, Medium, and yeah. Okay, yeah. awesome. And that's actually how I think we reached out to you, because we saw that uh, you wrote that blog post. I think I sent Ruben a link, uh, and then from that point on, we ended up building this friendship. You came on our fearless trip to Tahoe. So uh, yeah, we're excited to have you on our podcast. Uh, great story, and uh, we'll... Uh, probably follow up with you in a few months and have you back on to tell us what you're up to again thanks for having me no yeah. problem. thanks thanks for checking us out we appreciate you for listening and always love your feedback on how we can do better if you enjoyed this let us know what you thought on the reviews by going to itunes searching for breaking into startups subscribing to our podcast and leaving a review also if you know someone who came from a non-traditional background and is looking to break into tech Encourage them to sign up to our newsletter or tell them to join the Breaking Into Startups community on Facebook. Remember, if they don't let you in through the front door, go through the back door, around it, under it, or through it. Let's break in. Let's break in.